Hey you guys, are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyfriend hit him. And friend. Hey guys, what's going on? It's the uh, Ron and Don Show. Keys Ron. I'm Don. You'll hear my son, our station voice, here in just a moment. And uh, I'm wearing two different socks today. I think Charlie the dog uh, ate the other sock. Hey, we're getting ready to uh, shelter in place. And I bet uh, you're probably already sheltered uh, in place. And we're going to talk about that. Also, we have to talk about the fact that there is a worldwide shortage of masks and of gloves and of aprons and of face shields. And we're going to tell you about some local folks here. Thanks to you and some money that you gave yesterday that are busy, busy, busy right now uh, making masks, making gloves, making a face shield. So before we get to that, let's get to this. Ron, uh, what are your thoughts? Are you ready to kind of shelter in place here? And uh, you and I live very close to each other. So I walk over to your house or jump on a skateboard or scooter. Uh, You're going to be able to, uh, in fact, the governor has encouraged us to go outside and exercise. Just make sure we stay six feet apart. My son and I... Uh, we went to kind of an open space yesterday, and we had some Star Wars uh, sword fights. We played a little bit of football, but we were also making sure that uh, we were well away from any other folks. There were nobody else. There's no one else where, where we're kind of hanging out. And I see people doing that. I saw a gal walking her dog the other day. And she's either with her sister or best friend, and that girl was trailing her. Uh, by six feet. I was showing a house the other day in Redmond, Washington, and a couple uh, showed up. We ended up standing in the driveway together, and not only was I making sure that I was six feet away from the gentleman, but the gentleman was making sure that he was six feet away from me, and and it seems like, uh, his, his and I believe it was his wife, she was also standing six feet away from me and six feet away from him. I get a little confused when you're sheltering in place uh, and you have kiddos at home, uh, are you, are you still supposed to stand six feet away from a baby if you just had a baby? That seems a little impossible to me. Yeah, this is this is the confusing part because we all have significant others in our life, and yeah. if you you live with someone, or if you're dating someone seriously, or you're a friend slash business partner like you and I are, um, it's very very difficult to stay six feet away from someone at at all times. So I was actually thinking about this the other day, like we might have to do next week's shows virtually, like where you're on your phone and you're talking into her. I don't know, we'll have to figure it out. But uh, um, it, it is something that I'm trying to take seriously. And at the same time, you forget uh, because you just, it's human nature to be near other humans and to be completely isolated is not something that's easy to accomplish. I think when we, zoom back out and sort of look at at how this thing is progressing um, that we're seeing that the social distancing thing is important usually with unknown quantities and so at least in the reading that I've done it's when you had a a person that went to a party Mm. with 300 people or a concert or something and was coughing or sneezing and touching things and then other people in that vicinity uh, were coming down sick of course everyone wants to err on the side of caution. You can't advise people um, to do it early, even though our president's saying, I'm going to do it by Easter. It's like, eh, 
The, the, the head of the CDC comes out right after he does. He goes, yeah, we're, we're going to try to not do it by Easter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So it, there's a lot of conflicting information out there right now. I'll just leave it at this. It's very difficult uh, to do this successfully. Yeah, and I came over to Ron's house earlier, and he had his jogging suit on, and he's sitting there, and it's the fastest I've ever seen him run. And I'm like, what are you doing? He said, I'm practicing for the run-in-place order uh, from the governor. And I'm like, I don't think he said run-in-place. I think he said that uh, we're supposed to shelter in place. So uh, we are recording this on a Wednesday. And is the deadline coming? Is, is tonight the deadline? Is that right? Yeah, so non-essential businesses are supposed to shut down. Uh, it's interesting, again, the politics of what's essential and what's non-essential. So last time I read, pot shops and liquor stores, essential. <laughs> I'm not you joking. Know, you know what? I have to kind of agree with that right now. I, I, I restaurants. Think I think it's good that those things are not essential. essential. Not essential. Yeah. So I just saw our good friends at the uh, White Swan Public House that are down here on the on the lake mm. uh, put out something on their Instagram. It's like, listen, we're not a huge conglomerate of restaurants. Like we have super thin margins. Like a lot of restaurants might have a two percent, three percent margin uh, that they're skating on, and they need that volume uh, to keep everything going and to give a living wage to their workers. They have a whole thing. It's like we, we're going to need support from the community and, yeah. and maybe even a financial uh, bailout in order that uh, we, we would see hundreds of restaurants that would just close. Uh, that I think is legitimate. And so while you can go to a liquor store or to a, a pot shop. Uh, to help you out, I guess, if that's what you need during this time. It's it's very difficult for these folks that work in the restaurant industry and, and uh, countless other industries that I'm not even aware of that are living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I saw uh, one, an article on Uber drivers and Lyft drivers that are putting themselves in harm's way mm. are they you know some of them are trying to wipe their car down between each passenger wow. but uh folks that are are using ride share you have a driver in there and they even profiled some guys that are in their 70s that are driving these cars getting exposed to different people yeah. getting in and out of their vehicle all day long and their volume has dropped so they're having to work longer hours there's one guy that he worked 12 hours to make a hundred bucks mm. uh in fares and it took him 12 hours to do so so I mean, this is no joke. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how long we have to live this way, too, because I said even uh, in China, where it's been two and a half months and it's going to be two more weeks until uh, everybody is back to work and on trains and on buses. And they said they still might encourage people to have some social distance. How do you do that in India right now, where they've locked down India with 1.3 billion people yeah locked down how do you lock down 1.3 billion people and i think what it comes down to is you can't arrest your way out of this you can't really enforce this you can call in the national guard uh but with regular crime in our city right now in the city of seattle there aren't enough cops to respond to that so how are you going to respond if people have decided not to shelter in place uh or to become yahoos out on alki beach those guys are out there playing uh, volleyball the other day and that's probably why Uh, We got this order to shelter in place. So I think we all understand it's going to be a little different moving forward. And uh, we just have to make sure that we take care of each other. And taking care of each other means to take care of those healthcare workers and first and second responders that are on the front lines. And guess what? You did just that when we sent out a plea yesterday saying, hey, we need masks, we need masks, we need masks, and we need more masks. Talk about that next. Face shields and gowns. 
Boy, these healthcare workers are brave. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. Are you ready for a Ron and Don sit down? Email the guys at ron at windermere.com. All right, we know where all the healthcare workers are. Episode 83, by the way, of the Ron and Don Show. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you. As I said before, he's Ron and I'm Don. Who'd have ever thought someone driving an Uber or driving a bus? Or I walked into Ken's Market the other day where they have shields set up. And they and one of them, they say gloves are required uh, up in Fremont. have to have your gloves on. They have uh, their gloves on. And it kind of looks like the Pope is checking you out when you're leaving Ken's because they kind of look like they're the pulp behind these big shields, right? But I don't think people are doing that out of fear. It seems to me that they're doing this out of caution. Think about this, though. I have a friend by the name of Liz. She's a nurse practitioner. Um, And she was married to a gentleman who is a top-flight physician uh, here in the city of Seattle. She was down in California with her boys, and she got a phone call. And they said, hey, can you come back and work for King County Health? And she has been working in the skin industry for a long, long time. So at the same time, she's part of the Air Force. So she knows what it's like to fly anywhere around the world and to help folks. And she's done that a lot. She's certainly done that a lot. Anyway, she gets a phone call. And I got a phone call from her. And I said, hey, I thought you were in a shelter in place down in California with your boys. And she said, you know, I got this call. And uh, so I'm going to go back. And my concern for her was just all the gear. Are they going to have all the gear for you? Are they have the 95 masks that we've heard about? And then also hospital gowns, hospital shields, all that stuff that has to be destroyed. She is going to go and work in a unit where everybody in that unit has been exposed uh, to what I call the 19. That, to me, there is such bravery in that. Uh, they're not going to pay her a dime to do it. She just feels like, This is her calling. This is what she's been trained to do since the day she was in the Air Force. And she is coming back to take care of people and to really take care of people that are very, very sick right now. She's really putting her life on the line. And then you think about what is it like to go home? The paranoia that I have when I walk into a market and I feel like maybe I touched something or I got a little too close to someone or Ron and I even walking around his space here. Uh, he walks around and he, he wipes me. And I, and I don't blame him. I don't think it's out of uh, uh, panic. I just think it's out of uh, caution. But we were here yesterday and we were kind of wiping things down before we left. I wonder what it's like to be a healthcare worker, to be exposed to that eight, nine, ten hours a day, and then to go home to your family and people you love. That, to me, Ron... It would be terrifying. Yeah, the um, the PPE situation is interesting, the personal protective equipment, um, uh, because you have two things going on that I find really fascinating. One is the president has said, I don't want to dictate to private companies what they should and shouldn't do. And there's not a lot of things that I agree with them on. I can see the point there. I, can, I don't agree with it, but I can see the point of saying it's not – my job to tell which companies what they should do and what they shouldn't do. At the same time, private industry 
has taken it upon themselves. Ford has teamed up with 3M. They are tr- taking off-the-shelf parts that they have for automobiles and for uh, stuff that 3M's make, and they are making ventilators. Their engineers got together with wow. the two companies and said, can we retool a car plant to make a ventilator? Mm. And so they're, they're doing that. Uh, Ford also has rapid uh, 3D uh, printing capabilities where they're making shields right now. And so Ford's doing that. 3M is doing that. Tesla uh, has delivered delivered stuff around where they just said, we're just going to donate this. I've read stories of people that in the artist community or even in the entertainment industry that had latex gloves. Like sometimes that's something if you work with any kind of chemical, I have a couple boxes of latex gloves. Uh, and so if you had a stockpile of those that it hadn't been opened yet, they're just taking them to, to local hospitals. It's like, oh, I work in, you know, even restaurants. I work in this deal. Our restaurant's not open right now. We have 10,000 Latex gloves, because people are, are food prep people, we're, use those. And so I, I think the rallying of this is interesting to watch. I do wish the government would have stepped up and said, if you have a factory that is capable of producing headphones, let's say, well, can you retool and produce this ventilator part? So maybe you're not making the whole ventilator, but you could, with some very smart people, identify the parts that you need. We're going to need this component, that component, a housing component. And so you could just go to companies that have these things like automobile makers and say, instead of making a fender, change the die and it's not going to be a box. Mm. And so, and then this component needs to fit inside the box so we can send it to a hospital. Um, those sort of things are interesting. But you've been following more closely than I have the the swell of support for people saying, we want to make masks that are reusable for people on the front lines. And they're not going to be N95 rated, but if you are in a hospital, maybe you're on a cleaning crew, maybe you're on a nursing crew, maybe you're not in the ICU, but you have to be at a medical facility, they need masks. This has been remarkable to watch. Yeah, and here's the thing. If you have the 95 mask, you can show up at a fire station or a police station. You can drop those off and they can distribute those. You can't walk right into a hospital. In Washington State, you can't do that, so don't do that. Uh, Even if you've made some masks, you can't walk into a hospital. But what can happen is if it's a gift from a fire department or if it's a gift from police officers, then you can make that happen. Think about what's happening in Hollywood right now. All these cop shows, all these firefighter shows, uh, the 911 show, they have all this gear. They have taken all the gear They have collected it, and they've taken it to local area hospitals. You have construction crews that have a lot of access. Uh, When I go out and do demo work, I got a mask on all the time. Uh, A lot of these construction crews are saying, you know what? We have extra. We have surplus. They're making sure they give those things away. And now we're starting to see the caregivers, the health uh, providers. Uh, I got a little teary-eyed last night when I saw pictures of these nurses, and you can just see that they have worn these masks so tight on their face uh, and they're in it. They're on the front lines. They're doing it. Uh, they are saving people and they are saving lives and they are super hard. They are superstars and superheroes. We got a job for you because a lot of times when things like this happen, the spirit of us all in the specific Northwest is that we want to do something. Job number one, uh, and Ron, talk about this a little bit. Job number one is to stay home, take care of yourself and don't pass this virus on to somebody else who has a compromised immune system 
That's job one, isn't it? Yeah, and it's harder than it seems. And so it, pr- practice that stuff, the hand washing. I know I've said it a million times. It is boring and it is essential. My hands are raw from washing so many times. I know many people's hands are that way. Uh, just, you know, Wash your hands, put the lotion on, and wipe down all your surfaces all the time. Uh, that is the most important thing. Talk a little bit, though, about we have on both of our Facebook pages right now a group that uh, of seamstresses that is trying to do their part and they they are trying to fire up the sewing machines and, and help out in this situation. Oh, you know what? They are fired up. I, I had an Everett nurse uh, from Kaiser reach out and said, hey, we're going home and we're making our own equipment. We're making our own masks. We're down to 100 of these 95 masks and we need some help. Uh, I started talking about this on my Facebook page and what I found out is all the area hospitals right now need help. I also found out if you make a mask, like I just said, you can't walk and just hand it off uh, in a hospital somewhere. It has to go through a fire department or a police department. This is what we've done. Uh, last night I got in my truck and I said, who could help us here? Who could help us here? Because we promised uh, Everett that we would create a thousand masks. I do this all the time where I promise things, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. So I got in my truck last night. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call Christy Peterson who runs a Seattle Models Guild. And in fact, we were with her just a couple months ago uh, with the Fran Nordstrom Foundation, and they raised a bunch of money for kids, hundreds of thousands of dollars for kids. She's very well connected in the city with all these guilds. And I said, if there's anyone that would know what we could do, maybe it's Christy. I'm talking to Christy on the phone. She says, hang on. She says, let me get Ming Ming on the line. She gets Ming Ming on the line. So Ming Ming's on the line. I'm on the phone with Christy Peterson. And uh, this is last night when I'm heading home. And Ming Ming said this, she is a, um, well, in fact, her husband is a physician by trade. She is a pharmacist by trade. What happened a number of years ago when immigrants uh, started coming to the city of Seattle and specifically women and their kids, and they didn't have a place to go. They didn't have a job. Uh, Some of them couldn't speak the language. What she and her husband did is they started an organization that helps these women, and some of them uh, are, have been abused in the past too. It helps these women stand up on their own feet to get a job, to contribute, to feel great about themselves, to heal up on the inside and out, and then also uh, to enter our communities and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Ming Ming has 40 women that typically what they do is they create lots of, diff- it, 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 they create a lot, lots of different art projects And then they take these art projects and their wares and they sell them online, like on Etsy, for instance. And you're probably familiar with Etsy. Well, right now, nobody's buying those trinkets. Uh, Everybody is focused on the job at hand of taking care of yourself. And then I really think the other job is taking care of others. But how can you do that when I can't get within six feet of you? This is how you can do it. There's a GoFundMe on my page right now, Don O'Neill. If you try to friend me, I don't know if you can because it says I have too, too many friends, but you can follow me. And you'll read about Ming Ming. You'll read about these 40 seamstresses that right now as we speak, they are making masks for Everett Washington. Those masks, the first two to 300 masks that we have that I haven't totally paid for yet. That's why we need your help at the GoFundMe. Ed Troyer has agreed that he will go and get the masks. If, with lights and sirens, and they will take it up to Ever, up to Kaiser up there. And that, to me, is so incredible that Pierce County cops would come to the aid of some Everett nurses. I also know in talking to a lot of people 
that they are making masks everywhere right now and face shields. If you go on my page, you'll see that. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Hey, if I was going to have to shelter in place somewhere for the next two weeks and I could make a mask, and who knows? Maybe I'll figure it out. Um, I would certainly try to do so. Ron could do that, probably. I bet. Anyway, this is what I'm asking you to do. Number one, take care of yourself. Number two, take care of others. And the way you take care of others is by staying away from each other for at least a couple weeks. But go online. There's a GoFundMe page. And last night, our goal was to get it to $10,000 to pay for these masks. Eliza Polly gave $255, part of the Ron and donation. She's one of the big givers last night. And she took us over ten grand. So we've moved it now a little bit. If we get to fifteen grand, fifteen grand, we can make twenty five hundred more washable masks for healthcare workers here in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm asking for your help. Look for Ron Upshaw on his Facebook page, and you can actually join his page and follow his page. And look for me too, Don O'Neill, O N E I W O. If you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself, we invite you to do so. All right. You guys, here we go now. We got this. You keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. And we will see you next time for episode 83. It's the Ron and Don Show. And we love you, Seattle, on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.